Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're getting promotional. Today, we're talking about how to promote a game. We're talking about free promotion, talking about paid promotion, talking about different ways to get your game out into the world so people will actually buy it. And we're talking to Alan Wolf from Morningstar Games. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, really glad that you're here. You've got a, a lot of experience in doing this. You've you've published several games. You've gotten them out into the marketplace in lots of different avenues, whether it's gaming stores or toy stores and all over the place. And so really excited just to kind of pick your brain about how to promote a game uh, effectively. I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with. There's so many people out there that are hyper creative, but really struggle with, you know, actually saying, hey, uh, do you want to buy my game? And so I really want to get your kind of thoughts and opinions on how to do this with class and not come off like a sleazy, you know, used car salesman, but also do it in a way that, uh, you know, actually sells games. But before we get into all that, who are you? How'd you get into game design? All that kind of thing. Sure. Yes. Well, my name is Alan, as you said, Alan Wolf. And I got my start with creating games years ago when I created a game for a good friend of mine who was dating someone he was very interested in. And for Christmas, I thought, okay, I'm going to create something that will help them get to know each other. And it had a die in it. And I like created this prototype with this miniature lunchbox. And I the shaker I created out of a, a baby, uh, baby food bottle. And they loved the game. And then I, I started creating prototypes for my friends as well. They loved it. It was a, a get-to-know-you game that had bluffing involved. And then friends encouraged me to turn it into an actual game that people can buy. So I did. I mean, that was a, <laughs> a long process that I can say in a sentence, but took months and months and months. Uh, and then I debuted that game at the New York Toy Fair. The reception was very good. It ended up selling all over the world. And then I, I created a junior version of that game. Uh, and you're pulling my leg, you're pulling my leg, junior. And then I, the feedback I kept hearing from toy and game stores was that they wanted more. They wanted more games. So I just kept creating more games. And until I had five games, they won, they've now won about 40 awards. And they've been sold and played in toy and game stores all over the world. So that's essentially how I got my start was as by creating a gift for someone that they enjoyed so much that I just kept going. Very cool. Please tell me that those friends ended up getting married. They did. And they have two kids. So I always tell people, be careful when you play this game. It could get you married or pregnant. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's really cool, man. I think that's something you know, a lot of people wish that they could say that uh, you know, their game, their game design brought people together and ended up helping them to get married. And you know, now human beings are in the world because of their mm. game. That's a, that's a really uh, cool thing. And so, yeah, it, it, that's a really awesome story. And so let's get into game promotion what exactly does it mean? Like in, in your like personal definition, your own understanding of promoting a game, what does that mean exactly? 
To me, it means how can I bring awareness to the greatest amount of people who I think would be interested in this particular game, who would engage with it, want to buy it, want to play it, and would really enjoy it. And I think of promotion part as that would be free. I would think of more advertising, um, although you can do paid promotion as well. But but I tend to put everything that's not paid in the promotion category. Oh, okay, cool. And I think that's a really interesting designation and in, in categorizing those those two things as separate. There's advertising, which is more, you know, I'm putting money into something and then promoting, which is more, you know, I'm just hustling and getting, getting the word out and, and trying to, to do things on on the free. And so why is it important? I feel like this is something, like I said in the intro, so many people, especially creative people struggle with just saying, Hey, here's my thing. Here's my created work. Uh, I hope you like it. Like, I feel like so many of us struggle with self-esteem issues and imposter syndrome and all these things that a lot of times it paralyzes us so that we end up not even putting our game out there. We're just kind of afraid to do it. And so why is it so important to promote your game? Well, you know, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I'm also a filmmaker and an author. And as a filmmaker, you think when the film is finished, you're like, oh, that's it. It's done. But then there's the next phase of distribution and getting it out there for people to see and experience. Same thing, writing a book. You write the book and you just think, okay, now everyone will come and read my book. But that's not how it works. People, you have to promote it. You have to engage with the audience. So the same is true with creating a game as well. And I mean, the fact that, that you created that game gives that game and that experience value. So the fact that you can bring in a greater community to connect to your ideas and your creativity and your imagination, that's amazing. And hopefully, hopefully there's nothing that will keep you from wanting to get it out there in the world because you can, you can bless someone's life with uh, the experience that they have playing your game. So promotion is important because it's the only way that people are going to be able to discover what you've done and you can change someone's life. Maybe it's in a little way, maybe it's in a larger way, you know, maybe it's just helping them to see the world a little differently or even helping them to have a fun night, you know? I mean, fantastic. Putting a smile on their face. I mean, these are really valuable things. So in order to do that, you've got to promote your game and get it out there. Yeah, I completely agree. Some advice I got a while back from a guy who's a, a businessman. He's in you know, the marketing realm now. He's written a ton of books and he's an amazing author. But one thing he had to realize is that if you don't market your books, if you don't promote yourself and, and the creative works that you're doing, no one's ever going to know about it. And so he really struggled with the promotion side of things. But one thing he realized and then kind of imparted this wisdom onto me is like, you know what, hopefully you're creating something that you believe wholeheartedly is going to improve someone's life. And so if you truly believe that this thing you've created is going to improve their life, then you're doing other people a disservice to not tell them about it, right? So if you had the cure for cancer and you didn't tell anybody, well, what in the world are you doing? You know? And so that's obviously an extreme example. But if you've got a game or a book or a movie or whatever it is, and, and you think it's going to improve people's lives in one way or another, you owe it to them to say, hey, here's this thing I created. I hope you like it. But I feel like so often we equate people's opinion of the thing we created with their opinion of us. And so if they don't like it, then automatically that means they don't like us. And we, we really struggle with that. And so as a creative person, what are some things that you've done or what are some things maybe you have to tell yourself or have to believe to kind of keep you, uh, help you avoid feeling that way and taking things personally with the things you put out into the world? It's a really good question. I, 
I mean, I think that it is a very important distinction that your value does not come from what you do. It, it comes from who you are. And I mean, I take it a bit further and think of spiritually that God made me, he loves me. So that's where I find my value. And so if that's where your value is, I mean, fantastic. Who cares what anyone thinks about you if, if the God who created you loves you and has made you? It's like you can go up against anything. So, I, I mean, that I have to remind myself of that. And, and beyond the game world, I, because I, I also work in Hollywood, I mean, I uh, will meet people who are very, very well known. And when you meet these folks, you can think I'm a horrible person. I'm, you know, who cares who I am, blah, blah, blah. But if you're able to just have a foundation beyond that, and for me, it's that, that God loves me, that that's my foundation, then I can meet anyone, I can do anything. And at the end of the day, it's not going to matter what they think, because what matters is the one who created me, what they think. Yeah, that's definitely a helpful strategy, especially for, for people of faith. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people who listen to the show have reached out to me and talked about how faith and gaming and all these things kind of come together to create hmm. them as who they are as a, a creative. Hmm. And something I've learned, I guess I learned this in college when I was playing football and I was around so many people, a lot of guys that ended up going into the NFL who made millions of dollars, you know, uh, hung out with Cam Newton and some of these other guys that are, are bazillionaires and, you know, winning MVP awards in the NFL. And I remember just being in the locker room with those guys and just thinking, no, he's just a dude. Like, he's just a guy like the rest of us. He's a little more talented. You know, maybe had a few better (laughs) breaks here and there, a little faster, a little bigger, a little stronger, whatever. At the end of the day, just a person, right? And we put people on pedestals for all sorts of reasons. But at the end of the day, it's just, we're just people, right? And so to not be intimidated, you know, to not worry about comparing yourself to the people who've gone before you. Because, I mean, you're always going to find someone who's smarter than you, better than you, more creative, whatever. And so just you know, judge yourself based on where you used to be and then look at where you are now. Like you're, the race is really only against yourself with all this creative stuff. Like you're not really uh, competing against anybody but you. And that really helped me. It's like, I'm not going to compare myself to Matt Leacock and Rob Davio and Eric Lang and like all these amazing designers with amazing games. Like, no, I'm just going to compare me to, you know, five years ago when I was not very good at designing games and look at my, where I am now and go, oh, you know, I'm still not the greatest in the world, but I'm not where I used to be. And that's super helpful as well. And just kind of getting yourself worth, not from comparison to uh, other people, you know, and like you're saying earlier, you know, you designed a game that literally brought two people together and now they're married and now they have kids, right? And so obviously games are important. They have power over, you know, our, our relationships and things like that. I did a podcast episode a while back and talked about the importance of games. Uh, if, if you didn't catch that one as a listener, you know, I talked about a good friend of mine who is literally dying of cancer right now. And a while back, he discovered Ticket to Ride. And, you know, that game has drastically improved his last few months of life. And he's been able to play that game uh, hundreds of times at this point and enjoys it and loves it. And if Alan Moon, the designer of that game, had never promoted it, had never brought it out into the world to say, hey, here's this thing I created. I hope you like it. If he had never done that, then my friend wouldn't have discovered it and it wouldn't have improved his life here in the last you know few weeks of his life. And so, you know, I, I think we owe it to the world as game designers to put our stuff out into the world. You know, and I know a lot of people struggle because they think, well, you know, it's, it's not about the money and they, they kind of equate the business side of things with the creative side of things. But something that really helps me is, you know, I don't do this to make money so much as I make money so I can keep doing this. And that's really helped me as far as promotion uh, as well. And so as we jump into the business side of things and doing things you know, promotional and all that, um, 
let's talk about free ways of doing this. So Alan, you have kind of really blazed some trails as far as figuring things out. And I'm sure you've had a lot of challenges and run into a lot of walls and going, you know what, that didn't work so well. And so let's talk about some of the things that you have done to promote your games. And then we'll talk about kind of the pros and cons of them. What, like what stands out in your mind is like just a really cool way to get your game out into the world. Well, promoting your game really starts with the initial creation of your game in terms of when you are first prototyping your game, you're testing your game, you are hopefully then creating a community of support around you of people who are going to be your advocates for your game. So it starts with a small circle, but then that circle can grow and grow as you bring more and more people in. And those people can feel like they're stakeholders because they have been involved with your game from the very beginning. So those can be very passionate people uh, in terms of helping to promote and get the word out about your game. Now, usually from there, I think a lot of folks, either you do Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or um, they kind of self-fund. I would recommend no matter what you do, like if you do decide, I'm going to self-fund this game, still do Kickstarter and Indiegogo, even if it's for a small portion of the cost of producing your game. Because beyond it providing some funds for your game, and of course there's some Indiegogo Kickstarters that are so wildly successful and bring in a tremendous amount of money for a game to launch. But um, if that's not you, fantastic. Like go for a much much smaller number because what that is going to do is going to expand your sphere of influence and expand the sphere of people who are going to be enthusiastic and are going to be stakeholders in your game. And I think people can miss that sometimes. They maybe think, oh, I don't need to raise those funds. I'm just going to do it myself, whatever. But this is creating a foundation of support that will that will only pay off in in tremendous ways down the line. So one, it will help you to articulate what your game is all about. It'll help you to create the graphics that you need for this to be enticing. And then as you get people who decide to join your campaign, then they are putting their money toward supporting what you're doing. And they're going to be stakeholders because of that as well. And later that's going to pay off when you get them your game for the first time. You can turn them into, you know, ask them to be cheerleaders for your game, to post about it, tell friends about it, uh, have game parties where they're inviting people. And that's going to be a tremendous launching pad for you. So that I, I would recommend as creators that you, you always start from there. Right. And I love the concept of designing out in the open. You know, if you look at a lot of the tech companies out there, a lot of people that are pushing out these amazing products, you know, they don't just magically show up on the market one day. No, they go through a very long cycle of marketing and promotion and, you know, going to trade shows and putting out, you know, these teaser trailers and internet videos and and things like that. And they're really kind of showing people things long before they're ever going to be able to buy them, or maybe there's a pre-order or something like that. And I love that one, it builds hype, which you have to be careful about because you can overhype and then you know end up messing up the expectations. So you got to be careful with it. But it, it builds up, like you're saying, this this audience, this crowd, this group of early adopters, these stakeholders that are going to come in and, and be your uh, biggest advocates when the game does finally uh, come out. And so it's a really cool 
a concept. And like you said, you know, having a crowdfunding campaign, that's just as much about marketing as it is about funding. And so I think that's something that sometimes people uh, forget. Now, as far as other free ways of doing this, let, let's jump in. We talked to, you know, we talked about a lot of different uh, methods that you've done over the years before we started recording. And so I just want to kind of dive in to these different things. Uh, you talked about giveaways. So tell me kind of what you've done with giveaways, how they're effective, how did you do them, all that. Well, as a game creator, especially if you have helped to finance your games being produced, you're probably going to want to shy away from, naturally shy away from giving away your games because you just want everyone to pay for them. <laughs> and it's a natural way of thinking. But the fact is, especially early on, that is going to help rally an even greater team of people around you to, um, to review your game, to post about it. So there are different ways that you can do giveaways. I mean, one is to invite people if they will do a review of your game that you will be happy to give them a game to review. Um, another is to do a uh, some kind of contest or uh, where you have multiple winner, winners of the contest, but there are if you have a website, there are um, there are apps where you can have drawings, you can have sweepstakes, and you can um, you can invite people to go to your website, sign up for this contest that you're doing, and then hype that all over the place. And there are a lot of sites that have that let you advertise things that are free for free. So you go there and you advertise that you're giving these things away, and then. Uh, make sure people, when they're signing up for your contest, let them know that they're also signing up to get um, emails from you. And so after they are part of the contest, then put them on your email list and send them an email saying, you know, I'm so sorry you didn't win, but I'd love to give you my game at at 25% off or 50% off or some some kind of incentive that gets them to get on board at that point. And I would suggest shaving it pretty close to the bone. So meaning um, if you produce the game by yourself, if you, if you funded it, then I would sell those games for the cost that it's going to cost you in, at the beginning, especially when you're doing a contest like that. Uh, because your goal is to get the most people out there engaged with your game as possible who are loving it, who are talking about it, because that's going to create this swelling of support and enthusiasm uh, and it's going to raise the awareness of your game um, to a point where people will then start buying it at full price. But at the beginning, especially when people haven't experienced it, they are um, early adopters. It's just good to give them incentives on why they, they should come on board. Then if you are selling in a game store or toy store, I would do promotions in those stores. And even if you're not selling in those game stores, like I would call, I mean, that would be, that's a way of getting a toy or game store to carry your game is by calling them up and saying, Hey, I would like to have a game signing party, a um, game demonstration party, whatever at your store. And, and usually, I mean, I don't know if I've ever had someone say no to that because it's going to bring in customers into their store and 
it will engage them not only with what you're doing, but with the rest of the store as well. And make sure when you they do come in that you get people's emails and even do a drawing. Like even when people are coming in, give away a t-shirt. People love free stuff. So give away something and always be getting emails because that's how you're going to be telling people not only about this game, but in fu future games as well. And if this particular game of yours wins awards, gets good reviews, etc., then you can email everyone to tell them about that. When you have promotions, you can email them to tell them about that as well. I also suggest doing promotions in non-typical locations. And these are places like grocery stores, CVS, like these places, you know, drug stores, these places do not typically get asked to do things like that. Fantastic. Like, so they, you will be the unusual person who calls them. And I found that usually they are very open towards something like this, because again, it's bringing people into the store now during COVID, which is, you know, when we're recording this, there are a lot of places where this doesn't really work at the moment because people aren't coming in physically to a lot of places. So in that case, you'll want to do something online where you have a game party. You can do it as a party on Facebook. You can advertise it to people. You can, if you already did your game giveaway through your website, email all those folks, tell them you're going to be giving away things as part of it as well. You could put people in, depending on your game, you know, without knowing how it works, you could put people in individual rooms to play with people who are in those particular rooms. And the key, especially early on, is just to, to give a lot of stuff away. Just build up people's excitement and enthusiasm and just be super generous because then you'll find that people will be generous themselves in praising your game and you know recommending it to friends. Definitely. And I think one of the things for a designer, a publisher, you know, anyone in this situation really needs to think through is are you trying to sell a game or are you trying to build a brand? Are you trying to build a company? Because if you're just selling a game, then yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want to give anything away because you only have a thousand copies. And so everyone you give away is, is less money in your pocket. I understand that. But if you're really trying to build a brand, if you're trying to build something that's going to be long-term, then having a customer and, and, and turning them into a raving fan of you and your, your company, your games, your future designs, that's going to be worth so much more money than whatever it costs you to give away a game early on. And I love the idea of having a giveaway and giving away a certain number of games, maybe give away three games, but then everybody else gets a 25% discount on buying the game. So everyone, everyone's a winner. It's just a matter of, did you win you know, 25% off or did you win hundred percent off? But at the end of the day, you still won. I've got a friend who runs a Taekwondo studio and every time there is a ninja movie or a karate movie that comes out, he will go up to the movie theater and work out a, a deal with the, uh, the owner and they'll do like a demonstration during the like 15 to 20 minutes before the movie starts. So, you know, the movie's going to be three times on a Saturday afternoon. Then he'll set up three demonstrations before the, the karate movie starts of him and his students breaking boards and doing all their little, you know, tricks and, and demonstration for, for the Taekwondo studio. And then he has a, a giveaway uh, thing where you can fill out, you know, put your name, your email address, your phone number, and you can win like a free month of Taekwondo lessons. You know, so there's going to be winners of, of free lessons. And what he doesn't tell people is that every single person who puts their name in the, the bin is a winner. 
everybody wins a free month of lessons because how brilliant is it to bring every single person in and give them a free trial of his Taekwondo studio. And, you know, if you can get them in the door, then you can probably get them to stay. And so he has had a great success bringing in new students through, you know, these giveaways. And, you know, people feel like, hey, I won something. It's free. I might as well do it. I'll give it a shot. And then it turns into a whole lot more. Have you had that similar experience with your giveaways that you, you just ended up with lifelong customers of your stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think what you, what you're saying here is you're you're promoting, you're talking about your brand long term, but you're really talking about relationships. I mean, you're building relationships with people who get excited about what you're doing and what you have coming up too. So I mean, now I'm uh, I'm a game creator. I'm also a filmmaker and an author. So in the back of my um, current games that are out, they're in a book form, but I have several pages of, oh, check out this game, check out this other game I made, check out this movie I have coming up, check out this other movie I did, check out this book that I did. So I, I think if people like one thing that you did, they're going to be more than likely to want to experience the other things that that you've done as well. And, and I think if people know that you appreciate them, that you, you know, appreciate their support and the fact that they want to experience what came out of your imagination, it just makes it all the better. I mean, it just creates a really enthusiastic and kind and uh, caring community. That's a great point. And the thing about building relationships is that even when you come out with something that someone is not interested in, maybe it's a game, maybe it's the, like the junior version of your, your game. You know, there's a lot of people that are friends of you. They aren't necessarily, you know, maybe they don't have kids or whatever, so they're not going to buy that. But they'll still help you promote it. They'll, they'll tell their friends that do have kids, hey, you need to check this game out. It's, it's for kids. I got the adult version. It's a lot of fun. I think they'll love it. They're still raving fans. And so it's even still in your best interest to build relationships, to, to love on people, um, because it's going to reciprocate. It all comes back. And so, I just, yeah, this is really good advice. Uh, as far as other ways to do giveaways, what are some of the ways that maybe you've worked with store owners uh, as far as like demos, demo copies, ex uh, promotional materials, like promo cards, anything like that? Well, that's very important. It's very important that you engage with the stores that are selling your game so that the salespeople at those stores become your advocates. And that's really important because... If you go into any of these toy or game stores, there are a gazillion <laughs> games and there are a gazillion toys. And the salespeople, especially with your new game that's coming out, they're not going to know your game from another game. Unless it's one of these fantastic toy stores or game stores where they make everyone you know, play everything when it comes in. But most of the time I found that it's really up to you to uh, engage with the people at those stores and get them interested and get them playing your game. So there are a couple ways that I've done that. One is by sending the stores shelf talkers. So first, it's important that you call the stores. You don't just send, send them random things in the mail because they get a ton of mail and they'll just throw it out. But by calling the store, you're engaging with either the owner or someone who works at the stores. And then I ask them if it's helpful if I send them what are called shelf talkers. So what a shelf talker is, is it's just something, it's like a little piece of paper that you usually want to um, uh, put on like a card stock, something that's higher quality, or um, you can also create stickers. So I'll either um, print 
shelf talkers or actually turn the shelf talkers into stickers that I'll send the stores to put on the games. And this is useful if you get some great quotes, if you get awards, it will help them stay updated on what's happening to your game. And then they'll put these shelf talkers underneath your game. So it just, it makes it pop from the other games that are on the shelf and people look at it, they'll read it. They'll see, oh, it's won these awards. Oh, these people have said this about this game. Maybe I should check that out. Same thing with the stickers on, on the game. Then I will engage with stores and say, hey, um, we're gonna do a contest where if people get a demonstration of this game, they are entered to win something. So figure out what that something is. It should be enticing enough that makes people want to uh, play your game. Maybe it's an iPad, maybe it's an iPhone. But the fact is, is that you are going to be engaging with a lot of toy game stores all over the US. So it's so you're not getting you know one per store because that would not be terribly affordable. But uh, you can do one advertise in that. This is something you can advertise on your website. You can say, hey, go to your local game toy store, uh, get a demo of the game, and maybe if that if that uh, if that toy store maybe they want to take some pictures of someone taking the game, take, getting a demo of the game, put that up on their website, on their, their um, social media. Maybe you do that, this, the same thing. Maybe you say, actually just take a picture of yourself getting a demo and that's going to be your entry. Then you're going to enter them into the contest or if there are stores where you can't reach them or they don't want to do the demo, say, Hey, pick up this game, take a picture with it, post it online. I'm going to enter you into this contest to win whatever the prize is. Then you're creating social media awareness. You know, they're posting pictures of your game for people to see. I mean, fantastic. You're liking it. You're commenting on it because that in the algorithms is going to draw attention to it. And uh, so then what, what I did for one of my games is I, I sent, um, I sent a demo game to the game stores and said, hey, they uh, just have them do one demonstration of the game. We're giving away an iPad. And I created postcards that I sent to these uh, companies and to these game stores. And then after they got the demo, they'd hand the postcard to them. They would fill it out and they would mail it to me. Um, people could email them in as well so I could take it home and email it. But that gives me everyone's information. So when people get a demo, they're giving me their name and their email address. Well, guess who's going on my, my email list to find out about this game and other games? I mean, those very people. So all of this is, uh, is it's not only awareness of your game, but it's community building. It's, uh, it's future customer building. It's all about just expanding the community of people that will be just advocates and enthusiasts for your game. Very cool. Okay, so what's the process of trying to set these things up in these game stores where you know people have never heard of me? Like in my friendly local game store, I can walk in. I probably already know the manager, the owner. I can shake their hand. I can say, hey, I got this thing. I want to you know promote the game. How can we work together? It's a little easier because it's face-to-face, and it's a little harder for them to say no. But if I'm reaching out to some you know, game store owner across the country, how do I do that effectively? Well, a, a couple of ways. First, you'll want to call them 
at a time when they're not going to be super busy. So either that's first thing in the morning. It's usually first thing in the morning. I would avoid lunchtime, uh, after dinner rush. So just know when those uh, ta- when their busy times are because it's going to be hard for them to talk on the phone. If you can email them, you can try that. I mean, again, it, it tends to get lost. So the most present way of contacting these game stores is usually just by giving them a call. And then depending on your game, I mean, you likely have a distributor for your game. And if that's the case, then they will need to order from that distributor. And the nice thing about being with a distributor is that they can order ones and twos of your game. They're not ordering whole you know, cases. Otherwise, if it's you, if they're buying from you, you can say, okay, well, this is what I'd love to do. I, um, what I'd love to do is I, you can either sell it on consignment. Say, I'd love to send you either a case. I don't know how big your cases are, but let's say they're, are usually about 12 in a case. So let's, but I wouldn't send them 12. I would say, let's do six. And I would only charge you for five of those. So the other one would be a uh, the demo game that you would open up and you would use to, um, to show people the game for them to enter the contest. Then what you can tell them is that you're going to put their game store on your website as well so that people know when they look under the tab stores to see where their game is being sold, they'll find that that local store. Now, these stores are all competing with Amazon. So if there is something that will give them an edge over online retailers, fantastic. And uh, and maybe you send them three games and one is a demo and the other two are them selling it. I would for I wouldn't go for consignment first. I would go I would just sell outright sell them the games. I mean you're selling them wholesale so uh, and they have usually 30 days net to pay you so they're gonna have 30 days to pay you back for your games but you could make an arrangement with them to say, Instead of saying consignment, I would just say, okay, well, in 60 days and 120 days, whatever, if you haven't sold those games, I'm happy to have you ship them back and I can give you a refund. You know, I would start, I, I would start there first. And then if they say, no, I'm really not taking on new things, whatever, then say, what about, what if it's consignment, you know? And then usually they'll agree by that point. Uh, and then once they do, They'll also know that it only benefits them for their customers to know how to play the game because that's how they're going to sell the game. And then that's how you sell them on the promotional aspect of it. Gotcha. One thing I've seen some publishers do is have a retail exclusive component or cards or something like that. There are these kind of promotional things that you can only get if you buy the store or buy the game through a local uh, game store. And that helps them compete with Amazon, especially for the people out there that are collectionists that have to, you know, are collect are collectors and are, are completionists and have to get every single solitary thing. They have to have it all. Well, this is a way to kind of get them into uh, game stores. I think creates a, a really good partnership between you and the game stores. You're, you're showing that you want them to succeed and hopefully they want you to succeed and everybody wins. So I think that's a, another a cool thing you can do. I've also personally uh, done free print and play versions of games and put those out into the world. And I found that there's a lot of people who will download the print and play and no, don't even print it out. They just want to see it. They just want to read the rules and check out the cards and see what all is involved in the game. And then they end up going out and buying the physical copy of the game. So have you used print and play versions of games and, and seen any success? 
I haven't used print and play, but I have on, uh, similar to that, on a game I did called Pet Detectives, I had cards that were uh, personalized cards where you could draw or attach a picture of your pet to make it part of the game. But I've never done something like that. I, in my books, as an author, I have where you can read the first chapter for free online, and that gives them a taste of it. But I, I have not tried print or play, but I love the idea. Yeah, it's the same concept, right? You're basically just saying, hey, if you like it, you know, take the next step. And you can even just offer up a part of the game. You know, if you have a game that uh, is maybe super modular or you've got all sorts of expansions or something like that, you can offer up part of the game for people to uh, to get for free and, and print it out and play it or just check it out. And then maybe they go out and, and get the bigger version later. Uh, okay, so what else? What are some other things that you've done, other methods of getting your game out into the world? Well, another key aspect for promoting a game is by generating publicity for your game. And publicity is going to be any time that people can hear about your game that does not involve you paying for them to hear about your game. So publicity-wise, and this is so important, this is going to reach a much more mass audience where they will be hearing about who you are, they'll be hearing about your game that you're promoting. And on your website, I would suggest creating a media room. And you can go to my website to see an example of what that looks like, morningstargames.com. Again, morningstargames.com, look in the media room. And what you'll find is um, whatever makes it super easy for someone to write a story about you. So there you'll find like pictures of me. You'll find press releases about when the new games came out. You'll find uh, links to past articles that have been written about the games. You'll, you'll see video of when I've uh, appeared uh, on either podcasts or TV shows and all that helps to build credibility for you. But then it also helps people who are thinking about booking you on different things to see what you've done in the past to know that this is something that you can do that you can be really good about engaging with an audience so then i would start with your local media but you can then reach out to your local um, paper and your local maybe there are people who blog in your hometown uh, who are game bloggers and build up the fact that you're going to be having a release date. Now, this is something you're going to want to plan months in advance. Uh, you're not going to want to know that this is happening in a week and then suddenly think you're going to get a lot of press for it. But this is something where you can really Google a lot on how do I write a press release? How do I run a publicity campaign for my game or product that's coming out? There's a lot of great advice out there. It's going to take a lot of prep. But the reward is people are going to be hearing about your game, reading about your game in circles that you would otherwise not be able to reach. And the key with this is that these people don't want to feel like they're getting an email blast because they tend to just shelve those. So you can buy, um, you can buy lists of targeted uh, press releases for your particular city. It doesn't cost that much, but it comes with the editor's you know, email, phone number. And what you'll want to do is send an individual email to that person, then follow up with a phone call and maybe do a light pitch on the phone call. And But really just want to confirm that they actually got 
the uh, the pitch that you sent to them. And then if they're interested, they'll get in touch with you. If they're not interested, they won't get in touch with you. But then maybe later you have another angle for your game. So maybe they weren't interested in the release of your game, but hey, it's National Games and Puzzle Week, which is the every year, the week of Thanksgiving. So that's fantastic. So that's an excuse for you to send out another press release and to call them, engage with them and say, hey, this is coming up. Just wanted to draw attention to our game because this and this has happened with it. It's won this award. It's uh, it's sold this many copies or what, you know, whatever is going to make it interesting for them. Uh, and then you, again, you just leave the ball in their court. And uh, eventually if there's a way for them to connect with you in a meaningful way uh, that they will, they'll get back in touch with you. It, it needs to be news worthy. So that's why it's really good to tie it in to some kind of event or some kind of national holiday or something that gives them a reason to write about it. Because as a creator, you tend to think, I just want them to write an article about how amazing my game is. And that would maybe be a, a game review. But beyond that, that's not, I mean, newspapers and uh, a lot of blogs, that's not what they're doing, but they'll do an article on, oh, like ways to keep my teenagers from getting bored. And then now if they know about your game, Fantastic. They can include your game on ways to keep your teens from getting bored. So this is another way. And as you're maybe picking up on all of these, uh, all of these opportunities take a lot of work. They just take a lot of time, a lot of calls, a lot of emails, a lot of energy. Um, but a lot of this is front loaded so that once the information is out there. Once people are engaging with what you're doing, then it, it should then kind of take a life of its own. And then maybe every once in a while, you'll notice an opportunity that you have to promote something. And so you'll send out a press release or connect with local news and, uh, and get them interested in it. With television, with local television, they're going to be most interested in something that's visual and something that is an event. So if you say, hey, I'm going to be doing this event at a mall where I'm going to be giving away games that we're going to have like a championship to see who wins this particular game. Um, you'll, you'll want to let them know about this like a week in advance. And then day of that morning, you'll want to call the news desk because that's usually when they're making assignments is that morning to say, hey, you go here, you go there. You want to make sure your event is not during the evening news, but is early enough that they're going to be able to get footage of it, go back, edit it, and get it on the news. Uh, but that's another great way that you can promote your, your, your game, which does not have any cost to you. Of course, ha 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 all these have a cost but it's not money it's your time <laughs> so <laughs> there is there's a cost to everything but uh in this in this instance and of course time is money but it, at least you're not actually putting cash on the table it's your time so you can you can cr you can cram it into you know the the nooks and crannies of your life like i personally i have two kids wife, a busy life. So I get up really early in the morning. Like I get up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And that is my creative time. That's the time where I'm able to work on things, get things done 
and before the crush of the day happens. So if you're thinking, I have a full-time job, I don't have time to promote and make these things happen, you can find the nooks and crannies, I promise. You just have to look for them. Absolutely, and I think it's so important for people to remember that content creators need content. You know, a lot of times people come, they feel like, you know, they're just bothering folks and you know, they don't want to send out an email because I don't want to hassle. Like they are in the business of creating, you know, content for people to consume, whether it's TV, YouTube, podcasts, whatever, then you reaching out to them just saves them a step. It actually makes it easier. I love it when someone sends me an email and says, Hey, I'd love to come on the show. Here's about, you know, ideas about topics. You know, I've got a, a game going to Kickstarter soon. Maybe we could talk about that, whatever. It makes my job so much easier. And it's to the point where, you know, I don't have to reach out uh, like I did in the beginning. When I was first starting this podcast, every single person that came on the show was because I sent them an email or sent them a Facebook message and said, Hey, this is who I am. Love to get you on the show. Love to talk about this. But now more and more people reach out to me and it makes my life so much easier. So just realize that if you're a person now, you got to be somebody with something to say. You don't just be like, hey, I'm awesome and we should talk like, well, what are we going to talk about? Why should I have you on the show? Why should, you know, the news feature your game? And I feel like that's that's a question I have for you here in just a second. But first, I want to talk about how I love the idea of a press package, basically having a place on your website with a high quality picture like a, of you, a headshot. Uh, high quality picture of your game, of the, the box cover, the game laid out on the table, a quick bio about you as a designer or a quick bio about your game, whatever it takes just to make it easy for content creators to go in, grab the images they need, grab the quick blurbs, the quick abouts that they need, that then they can turn into their articles and then they can bring up on their YouTube channels or, or post as pictures on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, just making it easy as possible for them to have this, this information and this content. But going back to why, what are some things you would tell the local news or YouTube, you know, uh, content creator or podcast as far as like why they should have you or why they should feature your game? What are just some of the general things that people can lead off with as opposed to saying, hey, I'm awesome. My game is awesome. You should talk to me. What else should they say instead of that? It's important to find a way for your game to hook into something that is piquing the interest of uh, whatever the issues are in your hometown or in your country. So with my game, You're Pulling My Leg, what I realized is that in the during the time of COVID, people are isolated and they are they're not able to connect with people in ways that they would have before. And so I realized, oh my gosh, well here it's an opportunity for people to connect with others in a meaningful way through conversations. They can have a lot of laughs. They can play this game over a video call or in person. Fantastic. And so one of the, the news articles said the, the title uh, talked about how I created this game to bring much needed laughter. And it's like, fantastic. But I mean, you know, that maybe is something that wouldn't have felt as relevant a year ago when our country was in a different place, when we weren't in the middle of the pandemic. But maybe there's something about your game that is going to connect with what people need right now. And whatever that is, it is, and maybe it's just an experience. Maybe it's people need their imaginations expanded. Maybe they're going to learn something they haven't learned before. Whatever it is, that is what you're going to be then using as the hook for why they should be interested, why your particular game is newsworthy. Now, other things that make it newsworthy are when you actually have 
events that they can cover. And that can be something newsworthy in and of itself. If you do something where you have an event and maybe you have a well-known game designer that you're going to have speak at that event, who's much, who's more, you know, better known than you, et cetera. Maybe that is what makes it newsworthy. But I would, uh, there's something called national days. Like uh, I, I, I'm not, I can't remember the website, but it's very easy to Google. Just say national holidays, national significant days. And there are websites that show all these slightly absurd <laughs> celebrations that we do as a country for things that you would not have imagined were reality. Like, like there's a speak like a pirate day. So maybe your game is about pirates and you know, speak like a pirate day is coming up in a month. So that's a fantastic reason to get in touch with the news cycle to the news outlets and say, Hey, I know speak like a pirate day is coming up. And so there, my game is, this is the perfect way for people to, uh, to speak like pirates, to learn about pirates, etc. I bet that if you looked at that list, you would find some way to tie in to something. And as Gabe said, people are looking for content, but they're not looking to give you free advertising or free marketing. So you've got to find a way for your game to have relevancy to something that's happening so that they they feel like, oh yeah, this is definitely newsworthy. This is definitely something that our listeners or our readers will want to know about. Right. And I feel like thinking in terms of story is really, really helpful mm-hmm. here, and especially for reaching out to the news or YouTube channels or whatever and saying, you know, local designer uh, creates game to bring people together during the pandemic. Okay, again, like you're saying, that's not them promoting the game. That's them promoting a story about a person who's doing this thing. And oh, by the way, here's the game. Here's where you can find it. You know, if, if you have a, a really interesting story of something you've had to overcome, or maybe you designed a game to help somebody, you know, who was maybe struggling with cancer, or they were in the hospital and you wanted to design a game that brightened their day, or like you did with your, your friends, you wanted to, to design a game that you know brought people together and they ended up getting married. That's an incredible story. And you can sell a story a lot easier than you can sell a product. And so especially in in this situation. So I think, you know, if you think in terms of what is the story here, what have I had to overcome? What are the obstacles, you know, and really turning it into a little hero's journey for you or your game. And then really focusing on that goes a long way. I agree. That's great. I love it's It's very true because if you think about it, if someone comes up to you and they start telling you a lot of information, you kind of zone out after a while. But if someone tells you a story, you're just going to engage. You're like, what is going to happen in this story? I want to find out what this story is all about. So Gabe, that's great advice. If you can find the story behind your game, maybe it's in the creation of your game. Maybe it's in stories that were created because of your game that's going to be a great way for you to connect to your audience and to people who want to write about your game. Yeah, for sure. Now, when it comes to reviewers, what's been your experience with sending games out to reviewers, you know, whether it's YouTube, podcasts, whatever, tell me that process. And then we can even get into kind of paid promotion, paid like previews as well. Well, I found when I did a Kickstarter campaign that I think a lot of reviewers know that that can potentially be a cash cow. <laughs> so there's a lot of there are a lot of opportunities to advertise, to pay for a review for, of your game. And 
for them, it makes sense because they don't know if your game is actually going to be successful. They don't know if it is actually even going to get made. So they want to set the bar up a little bit higher so that not everyone is coming to them and just wanting them to review this game that, that might not make it and might not actually happen. So I found that early on, there are a lot of places that will want you to pay to have your your game reviewed before it's actually finished and out there. Once a game is manufactured and out there, the story is very different because it's a real game that people can get. And you'll find that these blogs, websites, the way one of the ways they make their money is that they create affiliate links to your game. So when people read about your game, and they click on the button to buy it on the blog, then that blog gets like a dollar as a kickback, like maybe 50 cents, 25 cents. It just depends. But that's how they're going to make money. So they're going to be interested in doing a story for a game that's going to get people to come and read about it so that people will click and that will bring money back to their website. So... I found that after a game is made, there people are very friendly toward getting the game and reviewing it. There are a lot of games out there and some take a lot longer than others. So once again, this is something you want to start doing months before your release. You don't want to wait until you release and then send out all these games to review. It also makes it more enticing for these places to want to review your game because they're reviewing it before anyone else has. And so then when it comes out, when it's released, that they're more likely going to get someone to visit their site because there aren't a lot of other places where you can find reviews to your particular game. And of course, this goes without saying, but once that review, that article comes out, it's going to be really critical for you to then promote that article and to get it all over the place because then they see the traffic that's coming in for your article and that's going to make them want to work with you and write articles about you again. But I found that people are generally enthusiastic when you get to that phase of actually having a game for them to review. The other suggestion that I would have is going after places that typically do not review games, but there's something about your game that will connect to their particular audience. So for instance, if it's a game that you know is going to really connect with kids and help them to be enthusiastic about something, that you can research uh, some mommy blogs or parent blogs and reach out to them. Now, I've also found that there are a lot of blogs like that that, again, will want you to pay to have a review of your particular game. So this is these bloggers monetizing their content. So they think, oh, I have a million people visiting my site a month, so you should be willing to pay for that audience. So I'm going to charge you several hundred dollars to write a review of your game. I personally have never paid that for that before. I just, it gets me frustrated and I avoid it because I think there's another blog out there that, <laughs> that is going to be willing to review it. So, uh, you know, so I don't know. It just depends on the level in which you want it to happen or not. But I personally just avoid those uh, kind of blogs. And it, to me, it also 
can diminish the integrity of the blog because once you realize, oh my gosh, like all these people are are paying to have their content on this particular blog. Like, can you people really trust what's on this blog? So, you know, I personally avoid them, but you might find something that feels really enticing and you feel like, okay, this could push the needle a little bit and then maybe it's worth it. But I just personally haven't found anything that has been worth it. Yeah, that's great advice. And I really love the idea of thinking outside the box and, and trying to find things that aren't exactly game related, but are, are kind of parallel that you can you know, reach into that side of things. I know recently I ran a Kickstarter for a game design starter kit, which I then targeted a lot of homeschool blogs and groups and things like that. Because, you know, if you're sitting at home and your kids and you want an activity, you know, designing a game together is a really cool thing. And that's not, you know, it's, it's a homeschool thing. It's not a game thing or a game design thing, but it, at the same time, it made sense. And so really thinking critically about, okay, where does this game fit into other markets or other categories? And then reaching out and seeing if those people are uh, willing to review your uh, your game or your product or, or whatever it is. Because a lot of times, you know, they're not thinking about games either. And so this is like a cool way for them to switch things up as well. You know, if they're normally reviewing, you know, products over here in this category and all of a sudden you come with a new one, it's like, oh, this is a cool th- new thing I could offer up to my audience. And so thinking in those terms. Now, anything else, anything we've left out as far as promotion? Well, you, you want to keep the A, B, P in mind. Always be promoting. <laughs> so I will, on my email that I send out to people, you just put a little blurb about, you know, in your signature, you put a little blurb on your, about your upcoming game that's coming out. When I go to high traffic areas, I will wear a t-shirt that is promoting uh, my game or my brand uh, I mean, it's they're kind of more subtle ways, and people might not be super conscious that they're seeing these particular things, but but it can get it into their imagination so that maybe then they're at the store, they they recognize your game, and then they pick it up. So you know, it's just it's just fun to find ways where you can let people know that maybe are outside a little bit outside of what people typically do um this was for a movie but you could also do it for game but i had a movie come out called in my sleep and it was showing in theaters and in my hometown of dayton i asked people to put yard signs in the yard so i created a yard sign that promoted the upcoming movie like why can't you do that for your game i mean it went really well and it was so out there that people were like that's kind of fun and I mean, there's a whole art to doing yard signs because you can only re- you have a very limited amount of words that you can put on it. But you know, maybe you have a, an enthusiastic group of people that for for Christmas coming up, they want to promote your game. It's like create some yard signs, have those put out there, and just have it be your game logo, and that's going to create conversations. People will will see that in the yard, and the neighbor will come out and say, "Hey, wh- what's that all about? Oh, it's my friend's game. It's coming out. You should really check it out." So. There are door hangers. You could, I mean, there. You could go on forever, just trying to find different ways. But find out what will you think will connect you to the audience you're trying to reach. What can be creative and different, and what will ultimately help to get out the message about your game. Very cool, well, Alan. This has been great. Any closing thoughts, especially for someone who is listening to this and they are struggling with imposter syndrome and they are struggling with promoting themselves, promoting the game? What would you tell them? 
you have to get past yourself. <laughs> you have to not make it about you, which I think we all want to do because we live in ourselves and it's all about us. But you, you have to think it's not about me. It's about this experience, about this thing. And I think to what Gabe said early in the conversation, you have to think this is an experience that that I want people to be able to be a part of. Like you are sharing joy, you're sharing happiness, you're sharing the ability for people to expand their imaginations and have fun. So just remind yourself of that. And eventually it, it, you know, it won't, it won't be an issue for you. Um, and, and hopefully uh, just thinking about the end result will help it be a little bit easier in the short term to do the things you need to do to get there. Awesome. Well, Hey, you've got a couple new versions of your games that have come out recently. Give me like the two minute elevator pitch for those. Oh, sure. So uh, when, when COVID happened, like I said earlier in the, the interview, I realized people needed ways to be able to connect with each other, get to know each other and just build community. And two of my, my very first game I came out with, you're pulling my leg, you're pulling my leg junior. They used to come with, a deck of cards, a metal shaker, a die, tokens, a token bag, a timer. And I thought, how can I recreate this game so that people can play it anywhere? They can play it in person. They can play it over a video call. And the way the game works is that there are, there are over 600 questions. You, read, you choose between three questions to answer. Before you answer the question, you roll the die. Or no, I'm sorry, you roll the die in the old version. The new version, you flip a coin. If it lands on heads, you tell a true story. Tails, you make up a story. And then the other people playing vote with their fingers on how many, how much they think your story is true or false. So you get points for each person you fold. You lose points if you guess someone's story was true and it was false or the reverse. And the first person to 21 points wins. So I adapted the game so you could play it in person or over video games. And then the response has been fantastic. I mean, people have told me this has helped them to get to know their spouses in new ways, their families in new ways. Like you just end up discovering things about people that normally it would take a really long time to find out. We were, I was playing this game with um, another couple recently, and I've known this couple for almost two years. And one of the stories was talking about this. The question was, tell me about something that happened in your childhood. And he talked about how he came over from Cuba and he was in an orphanage for several years until he was adopted. And then it was like, okay, is that true or false? And I, I was like, wow, I have not heard that before. False? It was entirely true. But I mean, that's something that, I mean, I, I never found out about him. You know, who knows when I would have found out about that part of his life. But that's something that uh, that I found that is great about the game is that it, it allows you to ask people questions that normally might take a really long time to ask, or maybe you'll never get to the, those questions. And they're all open-ended, so you can keep asking them over and over. So the game feels like you can play it. I mean, I've played it hundreds and hundreds of times, but each each question can be answered in, in more than one way. So my hope was that this new version, you could take it anywhere. You can play it on video calls. You can take it in the car. You can play it while you're standing in line. I mean, my wife and I play it on our on our date nights. 
So uh, even though I, I created this game many years ago, I still love playing it today. And I love hearing stories from people about how they've gotten to know people in their lives, even people that they feel like they've known for a really long time that they've gotten to know in new ways because they've played your pulling my leg. Very cool. Well, Alan, man, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the new versions of your game and promoting it and getting the word out there for those and good luck with everything else you got going on right now. I appreciate that. And let me actually say one more encouragement to your audience. Like I, when COVID happened, I thought, you know, I'm going to reimagine this game in a new way to fit what is happening in our world right now. And maybe your game is something that could be reimagined in a new way, because now my game is in a book. So before it was sold in game stores and um, in uh, in toy stores now it's going to it's being sold in in bookstores and game stores and in toy stores you can order it on Amazon you can order it at morningstargames.com but just for those listening maybe this is a time to look at your work a little differently through a different lens maybe there's something new and different you can do to it to get it out to a brand new audience yeah that's really good advice personally I started designing a whole lot of solo games and games that you only mm. need two players to play you know it's one of those things just read the room and uh, see what <laughs> comes out and see what makes the most sense and uh, travel down that road not that you have to but it is definitely a way to uh, kind of give yourself a, a, a path or a direction with game design so I definitely agree but yeah Alan really appreciate your time appreciate you coming on the show absolutely thanks so much for having me thanks for listening Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?